Good morning. Welcome. Are you ready to receive the word this morning? All right. I hope our lighting is right here this morning. So um, for those that are going to watch on the internet and afterwards, um, we trust that God's going to intervene in your life. And um, this morning, I want to say, just put your safety belts on. Just put them in. Um, because God wants to do something in our hearts um, when we leave this place that something would have changed, something would have happened in your life. Um, because the word that he sent out um, will accomplish for what he's been sent out for. And I believe God has something on his heart for people here this morning and listening. Um, I started sharing a while ago, um, I think I think last week I was sharing, the previous week, I spoke also about the heart. And um, do you know that your my heart is the seat of affection? Your my heart is actually the seat for affection for anything in life. So um, it's so interesting because what is revealed through the heart is our values. So we're going to just jump in. Straight in. I'm not going to try to take it off. We're going to just jump straight in to what God would want to do. So just open your hearts to receive the word. Um, and the big thing about the word of God, it depends on the type of ground. So if your heart is open, you're going to receive the word. You're going to see a transformation take place. So um, I've shared on this as well, um, like I said, the last two weeks. But it's just important we'll, we'll get to this. That Just remember the mind is important. And this morning, I want to emphasize concerning the heart uh, this morning. There's a statement someone once made that said, You cannot change your heart. He will not change your mind. But if you change your thoughts, he will change your heart. I see so many Christians um, across the world in that, and, um, and it's a challenge in my life. Just understand, please, when I share things like this, it's also what God does in my life. So it's not, you know, I'm, I am. He is. God is. He's the I am. So uh, God is working in our lives, and He's serious. Um, um, and just go back for the, to see what the prophetic word God spoke over this year and what he wants to do in our lives. It's so important that how we build, that we build accurately according to Ephesians 2.20, that to lay the foundation, which is Christ. Christ is the center of what we build in our lives. All right? It's not some ministry. It's not some career. It is Christ because he's the one that gets the glory. Um, Proverbs 4.23, um, I shared the other day, and I want to just touch on that again. Proverbs 4.23 says the following, Watch over your heart with it, with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Okay, so this was a thing um, when I got saved um, the 4th of May 1990, about 30, 31 years ago, um, God worked for a number of years specifically, which just take me back to this type of scripture, this word about your heart. You can have the anointing, you can have the calling, you can have everything, but if you don't have the heart, you can become an anointed devil. 
So um, if you have a look, we're going to have a look just now in the book of Matthew. You can just, just now turn there to the book of Matthew. But throughout the book of Matthew, you'll see that um, Jesus is dealing with the heart. And um, because the heart and from the heart comes worship. From your my heart, that's where worship comes from. Do you know that faith also, also comes from your heart? It doesn't come from your mind. Now, I don't want to complicate things because you'll see the interaction because we, we, we teach a lot on this about a transformed mind, mind brings about transformed lives, but it also there's a transformed behavior. But the heart and the soul are interconnected. Don't try to separate them both. They're interconnected, our soul life as well as our heart. So... It's important to understand this. So remember, only through faith you and I can please God. All right? And um, the thing is, it's not through striving. We can't please God through striving, but we please God through surrender. So as Christians, sometimes you're doing things. Um, let me tell you something. I've said this in any, any person's life, even in the ministry, even in your work, Busyness is a symptom of false significance. How many business people I've met like that? I know it's quiet now. Don't worry, we haven't even started. All right, so the nature of, of the believer is what? Is to believe. Isn't that so? And um, the thing is this, is that uh, this is a journey that we are on, and this, the journey that we are on is a journey of surrender. So the new things we face, we surrender in, and we're having to surrender in. Um, that's why I've said the Christian life is called the faith, not the understanding. I know we all want to understand. <laughs> it's called the faith. All right. So just remember, understanding is vital. But the priority is the heart first and the mind second. Okay, just remember that. So um, you, you must understand that you can't receive anything in your heart, or sorry, in your mind, um, listen to me. You cannot receive anything with your mind that will change your life that your heart has not yielded to. So remember Romans 12, 1 and 2, unless you transform through the renewing of your mind. Okay, so bank that. But the thing is this, if your my heart has not yielded to something, you don't have transformation in your mind. That's why, just understand, we, we, we have a strong focus on the Word of God, the Scripture, 
please. Uh, more than anyone, I'll tell you that from here. But just having scripture memorized doesn't change you. I remember part of the things growing up and being trained and stuff, there's thousands of scriptures which I memorized. Chapters and things like this. But, and there's a great side to that. But understand, if your heart is not yielded to it, there's no transformation. It just is information. Right, I know you're quite... We're all processing these things. So we need a yielded heart to the word of God which we receive and transform in our mind. We can have, I mean, listen, you're telling me the devil isn't being transformed. He knows the, the word of God more than most Christians. And he's still the devil because of his heart. So your heart can take you to places that your head cannot fit in. <laughs> Do you know that? Please understand this. Your mind is extremely valuable. All right? So, um, and if it was not valuable, then uh, you, it, it wouldn't be important to be renewing it. Okay? So just understand, your mind, our minds are important. So valuable. All right, that's why I have to renew it. So it's not we chuck the one thing out, please. So the thing is, God is working on us so that we can really start to learn to perceive things from His world into our world. So God wants us to start, to start thinking from His perspective, all right, towards um, us. Else we start thinking from our perspective towards him. And that is why a lot of people have difficulty in their walk with God. Because they've put God in the box of how they understand God. That's why God says nothing is impossible. Ah, yeah, but you know, my health, my finances, my this. Nothing is impossible. When you start thinking from his perspective... And not from ours, we start to see the impossible become possible. Um, we shared on this uh, some of these stories as well from the Gospels about how um, God many times rather wants to do things through us instead of doing things for us. And a lot of Christians are waiting for God to do things. Many times our prayers are based on God do this, but it's what God wants to do through us, not for us. You know, we're waiting on God and God's waiting. Come on, come on, go, go, go. I've given you the Holy Spirit. Go. Walk like me, talk like me. All right? So part of the renewed mind is to think and to see as God does. Um, remember with uh, um, uh, Jesus when he calms the storm and, and, and then he says, he turns around and he says to his disciples, so he calms the storm when they're in the boat and next minute he turns around and he says, um, why don't you have any faith? Because God's saying, you do this. 
That's what sons and daughters do. We're waiting for God. God is, God has, Jesus says this, he said, it's better for me that I go to the Father because the Father is going to send the promise of the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he'll tell you things to come. But you'll also receive power from on high to actually walk like me, do like me. And we're waiting for God. And yet the Holy Spirit's poured out 2,000 years ago. So God is looking for people who can consistently demonstrate who he is. And that's what happens with faith. Faith does this. All right? So um, I I, I spoke about this, I think, last week. But always remember what you do and what you plan as an individual or as a father or mother, uh, as a single person. But whatever you do in life... um, you must always carry the awareness and sense of purpose, of destiny, and of accountability. Because if you don't walk with this, basically what happens is, when this is removed from my perception, what actually happens, so if this is removed from my perception and my reality, um, I will start making decisions that are, are best for the immediate but not for eternity. So whatever I base it on is my comfort on the side of eternity. But if you have purpose and destiny in mind, you will make sacrifices and decisions that has eternal value. So there's, there's things that, that I will choose that affects me and my family because eternal value, not for present comfort. The world doesn't understand this. That's why they have no accountability, because they don't believe there's accountability coming for what we do and what we have done. So always have purpose, destiny, and accountability in mind, all right? That's important. So, all right. Um, Remember when, just coming back to the heart in that, uh, when we worship, just remember you can't multitask when you worship. All right? So you either worship or you have a divided heart that leads to distraction. Now listen to me. Worship is not singing songs in a church meeting. That's facilitating part of worship. Worship is in our lifestyle. That's the way we do our work, our vocation. That's the way we do family, is worship. So the following psalm, Psalm 84, verse 5, in the ASV version, speaks about this. That in our heart is the highway to Zion. In our heart is the highway to Zion. All right? So, as a believer, um, you know what? There's many times circumstances in our lives. We all have circumstances. And um, the thing is this. Even though we have circumstances and challenges, is that when I worship God in my daily situations, whatever, I create 
a quick way of becoming aware of his presence because there's a highway to Zion. A highway gives you access quickly. And that's what worship does. Psalm 84 verse 5. When my heart is set and I worship, I have access into the situation. I was thinking the other day, you know the story I've mentioned a few times, so make as you haven't heard it, but uh, many, many, many years ago, probably about 29 years ago, um, I uh, was riding, coming back from ministering to someone and uh, <clears throat> near the one main intersection near Great College, um, late afternoon, evening, it was a school, inter, inter high school thing and some of the Grace students were crossing the traffic lights and coming in that direction at night, Holy Spirit said to me, he said, Charles, just said to me, Charles, slow down. And from gain between 60 and 70, I slowed down to about 50 k's an hour, kilometers an hour in my car. And as I was riding, there's a car on my right, and I was in the left lane. And as I got to the traffic light, two of the kids were lifting one another on a bicycle, coming in front, and I hit them both. And the arm of the car, you know, yeah, where your window is here, the windscreen, they came both into it and even bent the arm of the, where the roof meets there. And I got out the car. Now, I'm speaking about, we all have circumstances, but there's a highway we have to Zion. Okay, Zion, the dimension, spiritual dimension of the church. It is where the presence of God is. And um, as I, I just got out the car, and uh, I mean, all the glass came in like a sin. Um, I got out the car, and I went, and I mean, all the cars stopped. And it's, I mean, the one kid like, was jumping, like hopping on the one leg, and the other one was down on the ground flat. And while he's lying on the ground, his head just swelled up. Crazy, but just... And um, I just knelt there. And uh, I remember just, I mean, you can imagine the chaos around there. And this absolute, if I can say like bubble, like absolute peace. Like, Not the shock, absolute peace of God. Probably even more peace than standing right here now. Because the prince of peace was there. And immediately that place of having access just to God, the highway in your heart. And I just prayed for him and people, no, we saw this, saw this. Long stories, they, I mean, obviously they rode over a red traffic lot. And uh, I went and uh, prayed for him um, that evening because then the headmaster was there, Gray, which I also knew. He knew me from different circumstances after asking me to leave the school. But that's another story for another day. Um, he was surprised to see me. <laughs> Obviously, this was a number of years later. And uh, I prayed for the guy. Well, within a day, the head came down, swelled, swelling, completely gone. Um, he was discharged, and I think a day, 24 hours later. Other guys, well, fine. So that's the thing of in the storms and that God actually gives us tools and things that we can just get these breakthroughs. All right. So Paul teaches the, the Corinthian church that um, he says that, he says, we are restricted by our affections. All right. So whatever we have affection to, we restrict it to. The wrong affections in life. He says this. You're restricted 
due to your affections, okay? So what holds us back is the many times the, 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 the actual issue of affection, all right? So we are designed. Just remember, we are designed. God designed us to be worshipers, all right? And as believers, um, you know, he's designed us to be able to worship. He's created us to worship, but we have the free will to choose that. All right, we have the free will to worship God. That's the difference between the angelic host and man. They were designed for a specific assignment to do. He designed Adam and Eve. He says, I give you now free will to do. You choose. Now, out of free will, we choose to worship him. All right? So it's not just um, these corporate gatherings that, 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 you know, that we have these face-to-face encounters with the Lord. I've said before, a lot of you guys would experience from the angelic hosts in the place. I've said before, we've got recordings of them worshiping with us in our meetings here. Um, so on earth as it is in heaven. God is breaking things open on earth as it is in heaven. It's supposed to be reality. It cannot just be, oh, one day, one day. It is now. We can experience these things, okay? So this is the invitation God gives us. So... Um, You know, many times uh, we experience his presence, but we don't experience that face-to-face encounters with God. So sometimes we become aware of his presence, and this is what we teach, how to walk with God, be aware of his presence, to encounter him. But many times we can become aware of his presence, but we don't have the face-to-face encounters with God. And that's the invitation to you and me. It is not keeping us away. That is the heart of God. All right? That is the heart of God. And I'm coming back to what I started with saying concerning the heart. So we are born. We are created. We are born to have these face-to-face encounters with God. Do you know the the following? um, um, In marriage, for example, um, the Bible speaks about, and I will make you a help meet. Do you know what it actually means? That word, help me. Are you ready to hear this? One who is fully qualified to stand face to face with their partner, making up for everything they lack. All right? Help me means one is standing. Uh, fully qualified to stand face to face with their partner and making up for everything they lack. Do you know that the Bible three times mentions the use of the scripture referring to marriage? Three times? This helped me. Referring to marriage. But the same word is used 13 times describing the relationship with Israel. Well, what does that mean? You see, God, He stands fully qualified, all right, face to face with Israel and makes up for everything lacking. No, but I lack this, I'm weak in this, I'm not good at this. God says, I stand face to face. If you come face to face, Everything that you're lacking is what I am for you. When I'm weak, he is strong. 
So, the Lord stands in this face-to-face relationship with us and He makes up everything we need in this relationship with us. That's why some people can walk alone their whole lives without even being married. Just by the way. That's why when we even be married, we go through difficulties, we go whatever. How do you become the perfect husband? Well, this is it. When we face to face with him, we become what our wife needs. We become what our husband needs. Hebrews 5 We've spoken about this, how it speaks of our senses are to be trained to recognize good and evil. All right, so our senses are being trained to recognize good and evil. What is that? Sight, smell, taste, um, touch. All right, so we designed for what? To recognize Him. Even physically, we, we designed to experience God. He's made us, and He desires for us to experience Him. We're not a stone. And God says, I can even raise up stones if I want. But we design. So what I want to say is that there's something that the enemy would want to tell us that we're not designed to experience what God actually designed us for. That means what? If I'm not experiencing that what God says, then something is what the enemy is stealing. And I need not focus on that, but I need to, the encounter is what is waiting for you and me to have face-to-face with God. All right? This is the heart of the Father. So, guess what? We fashioned for relationship with God, okay? Um, we, we perfectly designed to know God. We perfectly designed for this. Matthew 5, um, verse 8, I, I, I ministered on this last week. Matthew 5, verse 8 says the following. It says, blessed are the poor, the, sorry, not the poor, the, the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the Pure in heart, for they shall see God. How do you see God? The pure heart. Yeah, but I don't experience, I don't. God is looking for people that have hearts that are pure. Some of us entertain religion because it appeases God. We appease God through actions of Christian activity. God says, I want your hearts. So, imagine, imagine your Christian walk since you have been born again that you're walking a thousand kilometers journey. Imagine this is the walk that you and I have with God. We must understand this, that every step of the way, change is busy happening. Because else we become discouraged and we think, oh, I'm not perfect, I'm not good enough, this won't happen in my life, you know. The thing is, we're being drawn by one thing, and that is to encounter God face to face. This is what we're pursuing God for. So, um, it's not when you get your act together, then you see God. Abram was a heathen. He was a Gentile. And God chose him to be the father of our faith, according to Galatians 3. He takes a nobody to be a somebody. 
All right? So it's not when you get to be perfect in everything, oh, face to face. We're on this journey. Okay, so that's why God has called us to have encounters with him. And I mean, we can't live from yesterday's encounter. He's calling us every day for a new understanding revelation of who he is. Okay, so the purer our hearts become, the greater clarity we get to see him. It's not what God has to do, it's what he's done already. It's what we choose to have now. You and I choose what we want in our walk with God. We choose the depth. The Bible speaks in Ezekiel about the river of God flows from the throne and in Revelations flows from the throne, from the throne room to the temple, to the streets. And it says this river becomes deeper the further away it flows from the temple. My question is, how much do you want to jump into the river? Because some are ankle deep, some are knee deep. So what you want in God, to experience God, is determined by you and me. Don't be fooled by the anointing. By the anointing. I said, there's many anointed devils around. It's a pure in heart. That's what God's looking for, right? The Bible speaks about, remember the, the cloud in the wilderness? And um, God says there, he says, My face was in the cloud, but I did not let you see any form, because... I knew you to be an idolatrous people who would create an image of the form you saw. You see, because God saw what was in their heart. And because their hearts were, were wrong, they would create a false image of who the Father is. The clarity through which I see is determined by the purity of which I live. The Bible says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Right? So, um, all right, it's an end goal, but also it is about the journey some of us think you know one day one day it's now and then it is about the journey we are on this is a thing that I just sometimes struggle like with and I'll have a good chat to Abram one day but the father of our faith he sees the city made without the hands of man made by God himself the city of God he sees something by faith in the future Because he believed, he was found righteous before God. But he was called a sojourner. He was on a journey. It wasn't one day when I had this, one day when I do this, one way. It was the journey. 
Because there's so many Christians that are unhappy because we don't have the goodies and the things. And yet it's the journey. So we feel so unfulfilled because I don't have this yet, I don't have that. It is the journey. It is the heart that opens up the face to him. It's my yieldedness of heart that gives me ability to perceive him. How yielded is your heart? Um, just let me say this. I'm only going to give you one section of what I wanted to share today because I won't no ways get through what I did want to share. I'll share the second part of this as well. But I'm going to just continue with this as well. Um, the Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 4. It says, Watch over your heart, for from it flows the issues of life. All right, so what does that mean? Everything about your life is connected to the condition of your heart. Everything. Everything. Your relationships. Your finances, your children, your husband, your wife, everything is connected to your heart. So, if that is true, then what is going to be the primary target for the enemy? Your heart. The Bible says this for with the heart. Man believes unto righteousness. Not with the mind. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness. Remember what I said, the heart is the seat of affection. Faith comes from where? Faith comes from the heart, not the mind. Faith comes from the heart, not the mind. So if the enemy wants to affect your life, what does he do? He affects the circumstances of your life. To change the way you think in, in order to change the perspectives of your reality. So now I have a lot of circumstances and my perspective of reality changes. Why? Because he knows if he, if he has the influence in my heart, I cannot see what God sees. And therefore, anxiety, fear, stress, that, 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 that is all there. See, the enemy is working to influence my thinking because then it will affect my heart. As a man thinketh in himself, so easy. If I think this, it affects this. Let's have a look in Matthew 12. In Matthew 12, verse 33 to 35. Matthew 12, verse 33. 
to 35. I just want to read this to you. It says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers. This is Jesus speaking, by the way. Brood of vipers. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the, out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. All right? So, okay, I don't want to, don't want to contradict our, 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 when we speak about to, to um, make a, a declaration or anything like that. Declarations, we're going to start doing more on that in the house, but it's important to declare things, to declare what heaven is saying. But understand this. Some people try to change their heart by what they say. You see, if my heart is filled with corruption, my proper speech, the things that I say, does not change my heart without deep repentance. How many people say, oh, but you Christians, have you seen this guy tells me that and he does the opposite? And he... So unless it's deep repentance, my speech cannot change, even though I say the right things. So repentance, remember, repentance, the word repent, means to change the way you think. But it's not an intellectual issue. It's not an intellectual issue. It's the issue that affects, it's a heart issue that affects my mind. It's a heart issue that we're speaking about. So what is this? What does it mean? It means yielding to the heart. That what God puts his finger on. So God's putting his finger on our heart in certain areas. It's yielding. Lord, what are you putting your finger on? I don't like that now, you know. But the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So listen to me. You can discipline, you, you can discipline yourself to say the right things. But when a crisis comes, what's going to happen? You're going to say what is in your heart. So you can say the right things, but I said always, look at a stink bug. Looks nice, colorful. You get nice, colorful ones. Put pressure on that. When the pressure and circumstances comes, then the stink comes. Then you see what's inside. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay? <clears throat> and the thing is, what we need to do, what God brings to the surface, um, it's never to shame us. Hello? It's never to shame us. When God starts putting his finger on areas, it's never to shame us. Just understand that. So, um, this is also the thing that many times people have said, you know, but this is who I am. This is my personality. You see, if you take a dysfunction and you call that your personality, all right, what happens is that you've created a safe place for dysfunction to dwell. Yeah. 
Well, that's who I am. That's how I am. You've created the safe place for dysfunction now to dwell. You see, in wanting to be right, you know, I want to be right. We just change the title of what's wrong in order to be right. And we call it, ah, this is my personality. <laughs> I've got tissues at the back here if you need to. <laughs> so, anytime we do this, we protect what God wants to actually deal with in our life. So, um, it's like, for instance, you know, my concern sometimes is when, you know, you pray for someone and um, you've just prayed for someone for healing, whatever, and just after that, they will say something which actually dismantles the prayer out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. <laughs> and you shut down with a miracle. I've seen it happen. All right? So that's, that's important. So... Um, when you, you know, if you come to prayer, in prayer, and you come for prayer, just remember, you're coming for breakthrough. Don't shut down the miracle. Do you know that a um, number of people, even Jesus did it. He would tell some of the people when the dead person's there, you know, go out the room, let me just pray for them. It wasn't just for their unbelief, but it was also because they were going to shut down a miracle. Because of, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. How many miracles have we shut down in our lives? Okay. Hallelujah. I just believe God is just busy with some really deep work in our lives um, at this stage. And um, um, I will continue also from the book of Matthew in that um, uh, when I preach again. But it is so important for the purity of heart. Um, and God is dealing with his bride at the moment. Um, you know, it's easy to be superficial Christianity. You know, God is not looking for that. He's looking for sons and daughters that will represent him well. And therefore, the work that he's doing in our lives is the world has never experienced this, what we're experiencing. Um, I've actually heard some people actually say, you know, this has actually been a third world war that's taken place with the pandemic. Don't box how things happen. But what it's also done is brought forth what is actually in the heart of many Christians. And yet the church has been put on earth to transform this world. And so when we get hurt or offended or we this and that, then we do this and we say that and we this and you or that. God is serious. He loves us so much and he wants us to encounter him face to face. I'm telling you, there's encounters that await us as the body of Christ like we cannot explain, like some of the people read about in the Bible, I have no words to explain this. I cannot, you know, whether I was caught in the spirit, up in the spirit, or whether I was in the body or not. Out, you know, there's like John and the, the, God wants us to encounter him like that. Do you know that? And this is what I read in my Bible. It's like, these guys went through quite tough times. 
Jesus says, I didn't even have a, 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 a pillow to put my head on. Oh, but you know, I didn't have my meat with this when I ate, and I didn't have, I'm telling you, there's, there's you know, God is stirring up things in that, and, and yes, He wants us to have abundant life in all areas, spirit, soul, body, but what also is happening is the heart that is busy, busy purifying right now. And we cannot use the excuse of where, what we're trying to cover up in our heart. God's exposing those things so that we can literally be free to experience him face to face. And I'm telling you, you know what, it's, it's like the Bible says, like some, you know, some of the prophets, they would speak a word, it wouldn't fall to the ground, what was spoken. Literally, things were spoken. I'm telling you, there's coming a voice out of the, the body of Christ like never before that will be spoken because it will be out of a pure heart and clarity, not confusion, not muddied water. There's too much muddied water flowing. There's a river, of a pure river of God flowing from the throne to this temple, to the streets. And I believe God wants to bring about this purity. That's part of what God prophetically said for this year, purity of heart. Because his purity wants to start flowing from the body of Christ. So let's just stand. I want to pray for you. So thank you, Father. I want to just pray for everyone right now. Um, everyone here and everyone that's listening. And Father, I want to just pray for um, just a, a working of your spirit in our hearts and our lives. That we will come back to that place of not what I want, but what you want, Lord. I want to pray, Lord, for pure hearts, hearts that are set on you, Father. Um, I want to pray, Lord, that we would lay down the things. We will surrender things in our lives we need to surrender. And that we would sit with pure hearts, that we can experience you face to face, that you've called us to that place as sons and daughters. We have access through Jesus Christ. And Father, I don't want to just read about it. I want to experience it. And Father, I pray for all my brothers and sisters listening that they would experience face-to-face encounters with you, that we'll hear of testimonies like never before um, because of pure hearts. And Father, I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.